0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. I'm Drew. And today we're going to talk about... Today we're going to have a mediocre conversation about Star Wars. That's right. I can't wait. So, yes. Excellent. Okay, so... (laughs) This is our inaugural
1: third first podcast we've tried for the inaugural several times it's yeah. becoming a the inaugural episode is becoming just every single time that we have a conversation yeah it's point. it makes for really awkward everything <clears throat> so yes we're gonna have a conversation about star wars and just for the viewers or and more, more accurately listeners <laughs> to this audible podcast mm. that is going to be effectively you asking me questions and us having a conversation about my responses yeah this is our star wars series we'll be popping in
0: with other series here and there the series that's good yeah that's the plural you understand there's an apostrophe in there that you just can't see uh, right at the end <laughs> you after can't hear us, yeah. actually uh so i don't know we're we're just gonna now you you like the idea of uh applying star wars theory to
1: real life i do um i think there's a lot to be considered when it comes to talking about uh, star wars and the things that i've been thinking about lately i think are things that when i look out into the world and see how people are treating one another now um things that i try and draw not inspiration, but like an example from in order to try and be a better person on a day to day on the, you know, every day, basically. So, so like, for example, so like one of my favorite sayings from Star Wars is from uh, the Empire Strikes Back. And it's uh, when Luke and Yoda are trying to lift Luke's X-Wing out of the swamp. It's sunk down into the swamp. It's almost completely submerged. And Yoda wants Luke to try and use the force to to bring the the X-Wing out of the swamp. Mm -hmm. And Luke thinks that it's impossible, right? So he goes, all right, I'll give it a try. And Yoda says, no, do or do not, there is no try. And Luke looks totally unconvinced, but I think there's a lot of wisdom to be just kind of extracted from that one simple comment. Like the the number one thing that I take away from it is like, if you're someone like me who doesn't necessarily have a ton of confidence and like day to day, especially things that you're not used to, yeah. What I take away from that is that, you know, in the multiverse of like possibility that you that we all exist in, right, there's a reality out there where I'm successful at whatever it is I'm trying to do. And so, why is that not the one that I'm currently occupying going through and attempting whatever it is that I'm attempting? Mm-hmm. So, you know, so for someone like me who struggles with confidence, <clears throat> you know, I, I look at that, that quote and I think, yeah, I'm not going to try and do it and open up the possibility of failure. I'm just going to go accomplish it. Like I'm a smart person. I can be a hard worker. There's a lot, I mean, like everyone can, right? It's just, I mean, but hard work is something that you consciously put effort into. You know, like you don't have to be a hard worker all the time. It's not everyone's default setting. You have to make a choice to be a hard worker. So I like to look at that quote and say, I'm just going to go out there and be successful at this. There's not going to be a try. I'm not going to attempt to do it. I'm going to accomplish it.
0: I I don't know that it's even accomplished. I think that it takes the failure and success out of it and right. you're just
1: doing the thing it's like the next domino that falls over in the line right
0: yeah and uh it's funny my therapist also told me that he quoted yoda which i thought was
1: your cool, therapist cool sounds dope
0: yeah right yeah. uh but yeah that was that's a constant thing of okay i guess I'll, I'll try and do this and he'll always be like no no you can't do that All Right. And it's like, oh right, right. You're gonna
1: do it. Yeah, yeah.
0: <clears throat> but like, like you're saying, I'm going to accomplish this thing, um, which isn't like I don't know. That's not necessarily. I don't think the part of doing. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like if if you're considering uh, if you want to do something or if you should. It's easy to sort of get in your own head about the implications or or what this will mean uh, or what it takes to do all of that stuff and it's easy to stop yourself just as as a a classic overthinker that I am I can both get excited about and then dread and not want nothing to do with an idea in the matter of minutes you know and so it's sort of like don't don't try and do something because that's just sort of like telling yourself like that you don't have to or right. or it's and it's not like you're you have to do these things but like <clears throat> you're really kind of opening yourself up to all these other things and all these other ideas that are just going to keep you away from it so if you just like do the thing the outcome and i don't think the outcome is is dependent on whether or not you've done it it's just right. the fact the, the action itself is is what you want now in the movie's case obviously he was actually talking about successfully lifting a craft out of a out of a swamp right but like i think it 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 sort of goes along with the force itself right like the force in the movies is just this unseen thing right? right that you can't you can't be tentative about using, right? It's not like you can dabble in using the force here or there to get to it. It's something you have to like feel and encompass and
1: do. Right. right. Yeah. I've I've always thought so. Yeah. You know, to, to go back just quickly on, uh, you made a comment that said like you can get in your own head. Yeah. I thought that was very apt because in that scene, the next yeah. thing that happens is that Luke fails to bring the, Mm -hmm. the x-wing out of the swamp and he goes back to yoda and he's exhausted he's sweating he's huffing and puffing he he like almost like collapses next to him and he goes i can't it's too big and yoda looks at him and he says size matters not you know like judge me by my size do you Mm -hmm. and luke stands up and he's dejected because he failed you know and so he says you want the impossible and then he kind of goes off and like pouts and Yoda's like, okay, this kid's going to need to see it in order to believe it. Right? right. And so he takes a breath, puts out his tiny little hand, and lifts this huge thing out of the swamp and then sets it down next to Luke. And Luke goes over and like touches it, like he can't even believe that it's really there. And he's like looking at things and checking things out, kind of like moving quickly and all that kind of stuff. And he's surprised and so he goes to yoda and he goes i don't believe it and yoda looks at him and he says that's why you fail sure right so i mean like belief plays a huge role in our success right you have to be able like you have to be able to visualize yourself succeeding at things yeah you know and so that's a big part of or at least believing that they're that they're possible right you know and so like I could understand how a kid from a desert planet standing next to a tiny green alien on a, in a swamp, which is only way off of the planet is just sunk and is unusable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Might be a little bit like I've never seen anyone just pull shit out of a swamp with their brain before, but <laughs> I guess this guy's telling me that I can do it. I'll just, I'll just do it blind this first time and be good at it. And it's, you know, Yoda had, you know, nine centuries of experience on him at that point And it, you know, He's kind of asking a lot of loot. Yeah, but, you know he. Then he he's like, you can do this. I mean, and like, so can you know, I mean, anybody. And I think that like, so Star Wars is clearly a lot more than that one scene, right? But like, it's that scene holds a lot of <clears throat> like what I'm kind of why I'm attracted to Star Wars as a philosophy, as an example, as in a in a world, yeah, a philosophy in a worldview. So specifically, specifically the Jedi, right? <clears throat> Yeah, so the Jedi are, um, how to phrase this, the example of people who best know how to be in tune with and utilize this thing that I'm really interested in, Star Wars, which is the Force. So mm-hmm. I I tend to gravitate toward their method of thinking because it the story tells me that they're really in tune with this cool thing that I like, So so... Would you say
0: then that the force is the reason that they believe the the philosophy things that they believe philosophy things? You know, right? You uh, need that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or is it like th- that's like the driving force for why they learn everything that they learn, right?
1: Yeah, I would say that I would agree with your second point there that it's the driving force behind learning what they learn. So like, I think that the Jedi have built up a philosophy the same way that any cultural or religious group on our, like in our world Mm -hmm. has, they start out with an idea, and that directs their thinking, right. And so the Jedi are no different than that. So um, the difference here is that. In the story there's this thing called the force that's a tangible well not really tangible but like a a present force that you can utilize for any number of different things if you're sensitive to it and uh, the jedi are and they have built up their philosophy in a way that reduces temptation for how to use that power and I think mirrors a lot of different groups that we've seen in our world, like the samurai being a big Mm -hmm. um, influence on Yeah, Shaolin monks um, were a big influence on uh, George Lucas, as were the samurai, as were, you know, a lot of different Eastern um, religions
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and worldviews. And so you can kind of see that in snippets. And so like, I think the Jedi kind of reflect an amalgamation of different things that, we can see in our world. And the fun part is kind of like separating those threads and kind of reading between the lines and like separating where the story ends and where what you can utilize in your real life begins. Sure. So sure. I would like to dabble in that thought process as we do this podcast, but I would also just love to talk, talk yeah. shop about Star Wars and like what we like about it. And
0: good. That leads me to my first question. Excellent. Are there force
1: deniers are there people like so in so in the story are there people out there that say that the force is not something that really exists right
0: right and for Uh, for you listeners uh i he knows a lot more about star wars than i do mm -hmm. and uh i have a lot of questions so he he's gonna do his best to answer any any dumb shit questions i ask (laughs) So so are there
1: people that say that the force does not exist um so i am certain that somewhere in the universe of star wars there is if if that group does exist i'm not aware of them playing a large role in any of the the content that i've consumed or um read or watched
0: i guess it's hard it'd be hard to deny something that you can see the effects of but
1: yeah but there all right so like one thing that you kind of hear from like the non-force sensitives of the universe is like um so like when Luke goes to see Jabba in episode six the hut yes yeah Jabba the hut he um he's disgusting but like Luke tries to trick him by using the force you know and so he says your mind tricks won't work on me mm-hmm. so that's the first time that anyone's kind of at that point point in the right. creation of star wars that anybody's been like hey that's ridiculous what are you doing like yeah uh, you get a really good example of it in a new hope when like just after obi-wan and luke join up with han and chewie and they're on their way to alderaan luke is practicing with a lightsaber and that little ball is shooting him yeah yeah and han says i've been to one side of this galaxy first of all i hate hot soul so but like I've been to one side from this galaxy to another, and I've never seen anything that tells me there's this mystical field controlling my hmm. destiny, you know? So like, yeah, yeah. In this way, like he would be kind of like the microcosm. I think of like what your question would emphasize is that like people are very reticent to believe that there is a higher power that might be directing their actions. And so even though I don't think the force has kind of like a grand plan for all of us, like some religions might um, theorize there is, Yeah, um, I do think that it does try and shift things back towards what it would consider to be balance, right? So balance and peace are kind of the quintessential things that the quote-unquote the force is looking for. Like if you had to think of it like as a picture in your mind, like the force would be a calm pond with no ripples or waves or anything. That's kind of the the goal is it's just kind of homeostasis everything's chill we have what we want life can sure. prosper but i'm sure that there are people out there that not only are like hey that thing doesn't exist but like you are a snake oil salesman for trying to get me to believe right that it is out there right so it's about whether or not you believe it and like even like Say a Jedi showed up at that person's door and was like, Hey, I can I'm like lifting this rock off the ground with the power of my brain. They're gonna be like, You're tricking me somehow. That's technology. I don't have it. I don't understand it. You're you're not being genuine right now. So, like <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, there's people out there probably there had
0: to be people that were just against
1: Jediism, right? Oh, yeah. The number one culprits of that would be the Sith, who are the mortal enemies of the Jedi, but, but-
0: what I I guess what I mean, isn't obviously there, right? But they but they believe in the force. I, I mean, yeah. people that are like so opposed to them, having the force, sure, a, or using it in whatever way, or or just these beings, these humans, ostensibly right. that
1: mostly, yep.
0: just happen to have this other connection that make them semi godlike,
1: correct? Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: There, there have to be people that are just fervently against them
1: both Sith and Jedi force users as a whole right right yeah so there are the people that I'm sure like just deny that it exists like it doesn't control my destiny I make my own choices that kind of thing and then I'm sure that there's a group of people that acknowledge that it exists and resent the Jedi for being able to do the things that they do yeah and then I think they're I mean like we're just kind of going to mirror our own world here but then there's going to be people that are going to be like i don't think that they should live like this life of near luxury compared to what they themselves have
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know why are they so important that's not fair they want a cosmic lottery or whatever yeah that kind of stuff so yeah you're gonna get those elements of society and so the way that the story mostly outside of the films tends to deal with that is like someone who represents those groups bringing that kind of complaint to the reader or the viewer, Mm -hmm. but through that to the Jedi themselves, like, Oh, well, you know, master Jedi, you need to learn, you need to understand that like not everybody has the same viewpoint as you because you don't have a lot of the same problems that everybody else has, which is true. Right. So, you know, but at the same time, the people making the complaint don't have the same kind of problems that the Jedi have, because I don't think they would enjoy them. (laughs) they have some really really unfortunate problems so
0: so how did how did the jedi get started like so the force has always been around i I gotta imagine it's not some dude named larry right like realized that he could do these things and then he was just like it's our responsibility like i imagine if it's something that's open to a wide to, to different planets of people across mm-hmm. the galaxy right like it had to be forever before any of them realized i guess i'm not sure how the communication how instant communication was back then Or people popping on the forums hey i accidentally moved something with my brain yeah. uh anyone else
1: you guys are never going to believe this but <laughs> right i'm able to lift things with the power of my power yeah brain. yeah um, sure and, larry and then
0: that one emo kid was just like i choked
1: somebody and they're like oh <laughs> yeah. see mm all right chad. calm down chad yeah um so it's important to, under, to understand now that like i'm going to be blending what's considered to be official canon which is what counts as far as the star wars story is today as of today and what what star wars used to be which was prior to disney purchasing lucasfilm back in like i believe it was 2013 or 2014 and the stuff that came prior to the purchase is called Legends, and that's the overwhelming majority of Star Wars content that's ever been produced since 1977. So I'm going to be blending those two things. So to answer your question, yes, I'm going to be drawing on old information that may not be true in the future because they might change the origin story of the Jedi. Until
0: they do, though, it's, it's fact, right? That is,
1: what, that is what people would say. How the Jedi, we're came. saying it now, right? Exactly. So, the Jedi Order, um, from the way that I understand it, came together because a group of people, primarily humans, um, realized that the force existed in the state that it actually exists in, exists in. Mm-hmm. and so once they became aware of it, they started to try and learn more about it. Okay, same thing with like gravity would be a good analog here for our world right boy newton Mm -hmm. right the apple so somebody i'm not sure that there's any individual person that was like i'm the sir isaac newton of figuring out that the force exists
0: also who is sir
1: isaac newton right exactly yeah that's Um, what he said verbatim thank you (laughs) you're welcome yeah that's why it's a mediocre conversation (laughs) so this group of people Found each other effectively, like ones and twos, and eventually kind of gravitated toward one another to help them learn about what this thing was. And so they go to this planet called Tython, um, which kind of becomes the homeworld for what becomes the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. And so you get this group of effectively four sensitive people trying to figure out how does this thing work? How can we? Use it. Can we learn from it? What is what are we doing? And so for like hundreds of years, they gather and form a community on this planet. So it's the same planet for those of you who have watched The Mandalorian. Spoiler alert: In the second season, Mandal the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda go back to this planet where Grogu, where Grogu, yes, thank you, sits on a rock and then gets like makes a, a cosmic telephone call. And there's this blue light that the Mandalorian can't break through, or whatever. Beacon. That is supposed to be the planet of Tython, but it's in the new canon, not the old canon. So it's in new the Tython. Old canon, new Tython, right? In the new in the old canon, you had this group of people and they basically form a community or what you might want to call like a monastery or like a coven. Yeah. Cult. Pretty close, right? I'm sure yeah. a lot of people would call it that. Yeah. So <clears throat> And for hundreds of years, they try and learn about what this thing is. And then along the way, other people learn, like, hey, there's this other aspect of the force that lets you do all this really cool stuff, which is the dark side of the force. Wait, could, so, did they not consider the shit that they were doing cool? Cooler. Is okay. that all right? If I, so, like, where you and I might think something is cool, someone else might be like, ah, that's lame. And then the stuff that they think is cool, we might think is lame. Yeah. And it's kind of that version of it. So, like, back in the day, the Jedi Order was called the Jedi, G-A-E-E-D-A-I Order. And then they referred to things like wow. the light and dark side of the Force as, um, the light side of the Force was called Ashla. The dark side of the Force was called Bogan. And we recently learned that there's a third aspect to the Force, which is, like, the exact center point between the two. Mm-hmm um in the tv show star wars rebels our heroes come across a creature that calls itself bendu and he called i think he says that he's the still point of the force and they actually interact with him a little bit and he does some pretty cool stuff so interesting um yeah so not only so that called into question a lot of things like is there a physical representation of the good the light side is there a physical representation of the dark side somewhere out there in the universe like bendu and i don't know like i mean that's for the writers and the people who make the story to figure out but i hope so it'd be great well i mean like if there's one for the still point between the two i would imagine that there's some kind of representation but i don't have any idea what that would look like
0: because there are different degrees of jedi right
1: how yeah, how force sensitive someone is, how in tune with the force they are. Yeah. But also like their
0: the ideology, right? So yes. they're there are gray. Okay, so is that too in the weeds? Well. Or is it
1: not canon? So I'll tell you what I when I hear I'll tell you what I what I think when I hear the term gray Jedi. So the gray Jedi is this idea <laughs> that's been posited by basically the online community, I think. Um And it's someone, or maybe like from people who play the video games, Okay. that um, if you have the light side and the dark side and you merge those two together, you'd get something that was kind of not quite each, right? It's not exactly dark, not exactly light, so it's gray. And so the idea being that if you were a gray Jedi, you could use abilities granted to you by the light side of the force, as well as abilities granted to you by the dark side of the force. And then you would be this kind of like melting pot of ability, which would be great, right? Because then you're not limiting yourself to any one philosophical idea. I don't know. I don't know exactly how the force works. I have a hard time believing that outside of a video game where there's like a meter and like a rating system sure. for how good or bad you are, that that's something like in the story that could actually exist. Um, we've had a number of characters. Who were good, who went bad, and a number of characters who were bad that went good. And sometimes they go back and forth even more. Mm -hmm. And it's there's never a still point that they reach where it's like, all right, I'm able to tap into my rage and anger in this moment to accomplish this thing. And in the next moment, I'm calm and serene. And I'm, you know, I'm doing this all for peace. Sure. You know, so like, I have a hard time believing that if the force was real and the Jedi were real and we understand what we do about the force that someone could exist at a halfway point between those two things and not just be ripped to shreds emotionally, physically, or or spiritually.
0: Well, the way I understand it uh, the light side and dark side, like That's just all about how you access
1: the force. So it's a good point. And I don't have the answer. So in the old canon, there was this idea called the potentium, which was that the force was neither good nor evil. It was only about the person using the force and their intention behind whatever it was they were using the force for. Right. And I think that that is close to what you're just what you're bringing up.
0: Right. Like the light side, they access access the force more through calmness and and um, they're more calculated. they they respond to things. they don't react to things right and and they're more intentional. whereas the dark side, they're more emo, right. they 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 access it through fear. And through jealousy and anger, which I guess is what makes it the dark side is because emotion is more volatile and obviously and, and less rational at times, right? Yeah. So why can't there be somebody that is able to be calm and intentional and also... Have the ability, it's sort of like an actor, an an actor that can cry on command, right? Right. You know, or or that can touch these emotions to elicit these responses. Why couldn't somebody have enough control over themselves to be able to dip into that anger pool or that jealousy pool or let themselves feel fear in order to do these other things?
1: So that's a good question. The way that I would answer it is. I know I'm not that person, right? Sure. Like,
0: <laughs> sure. so
1: I mean, like that would be the question that I would pose anybody saying, like, "Oh, I'm I can do that," right? Like, how many people would you have to ask before you you come to somebody that's like, "Oh, no, I can totally do that." Like, that's not a big deal. Sure. So,
0: so, so you're, you're saying it's 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 a thin line, yeah, from using the dark side to getting lost in the dark side
1: so yes i am and the reason i say that is because that's kind of the point of view that we're given from the movies so i think the best or one a good example of this is like in revenge of the sith palpatine and anakin are kind of at this weird opera where there's like this big floaty liquid ball, and so palpatine kicks out the other people that were like hanging out with him and he and Anakin are just chilling and he goes like have you ever heard the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise it's that scene yep. and in that scene um played or uh, Sidious says to Anakin the Jedi and the Sith are almost alike in every single way except like their pursuit of power right mm-hmm. and so Anakin gives the Jedi party line like he says the Sith are The Sith are fueled by their passion, right? And so they only care about themselves. The Jedi only are selfless; they only care about others. And so, like that, is a very big distinction in the world of Star Wars. So we see constantly that when someone is using the dark side of the Force, there is a real cost to to doing that. Like when Anakin goes to the dark side and goes to the temple and kills everybody. And then goes to Mustafar to kill all the rest of the Separatists. Like you see, his eyes become orange. Like that's a that is a very clear sign that something is now different about him physically. Right. You know. Now that's not going to happen in our world. Like so, if you get upset at something, and like put your fist through a wall or something like that. Like your eyes don't go red. Right. You know. Like you're going to look the same way that you look. But like the idea is. Anakin drew upon the dark side of the force to accomplish something Mm -hmm. so when he went to the temple he was doing horrific basically genocidal things so that he would become stronger in the dark side of the force because Sidious had lied to him and said that that was going to be the way that he was going to save Padme's life I don't know how killing a thousand people makes you better able to save one person but that's the line that Anakin bought right So then he goes to Mustafar and he does the same thing. He kills a bunch of people. He kills more people. And he's upset about it. He cries. Like his eyes are red. He knows he's doing terrible things, but he's convinced himself that that's the reason and the, the way forward to do what he thinks is right. Yeah. And then, but then that's the, that's the the difference in the ideology is like the Jedi try and lay down a series of rules and a code of behavior to let you know like what is and is not right. Like it's their version of morality. And so they are trying to avoid everything that Anakin succumbs to. And, right, right. and that's, that is the big difference is that I think if you were to live in that universe and, and be force sensitive, if you draw upon the dark side, it physically and mentally changes you. So I don't know if the same can be said for the light side of the Force. Now, Anakin gets redeemed by Luke at the end end of Revenge of the... or the Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Well, so
0: lightning is a a dark side
1: attribute, right? Yes, it is. And Ray wielded it pretty gnarlyly. Gnarlyly. And when she did that in... in nine i was like oh that's going to be a tough explanation so it's not that someone who is good can't do bad things but it's like so like the way that i would the way that i would the example that i would give there tom yeah is that she used coke once right well she was scared right right she was she she was was she was using an emotion Right, so Chewie was being taken away. She thought he was being taken away and that they weren't going to be able to get him back. And here she is basically playing tug-of-war with Kylo Ren, right? And he's preventing her from helping Chewie. And they're yes. both pulling on the, the ship. At this it is a badass scene. It's a great, I mean, like, I really like those films. I think that they're better than a lot of people give them credit for. But he's doing that to elicit that kind of reaction from her Mm -hmm. he wants her upset he wants her frustrated he wants her to lash out without considering the implications of what she's doing and she's a powerful force user yeah and so what they did was that they were trying to set up her being palpatine's project right right right. like we
0: know why it happened that way but exactly but then that also kind of makes it sound like if you are the descendant of a dark force user, you will be more apt to the dark force, which makes it sound like those types of things are genetic. So, uh, which if the force itself doesn't give a shit who's using it or how only how it's accessed gives you certain things, why does genetics come in?
1: So I'm going to give the answer that no one likes. Oh, good. And that's the midichlorian answer. so, Mitochlorians being, mitochondria. Okay, that's good. That's a good place to cl- start. So mitochondria are a microscopic parasitic organism that lives in all living things, in our cells, and it's only because of this parasitic relationship that sentient creatures, humans, other aliens, are able to a be aware of the force and b have access to the force. All right,
0: real quick. Parasites are a living thing. Yeah. Right. Yep. Does that mean that there's a whole race of these parasites? Like, are they sentient? I or were say... they created? Or were they given to people? And that's just like, are we now like the product of some bio warfare years ago? And now we have force users? I love that you're asking this
1: question. <laughs> I could talk about this all day. So in the Clone Wars television show, which is great, um, in the like second to last season, they did several multi-episode story arcs. and One of which was Yoda learning how to commune with other people who had already passed on. Right. The number one being Qui-Gon Jinn, who came back um, and put Yoda on this quest. So Yoda goes on this quest and he goes to the very center of the universe. And there's a planet there and it's the planet from which all other life springs mm-hmm. and there's this group of people not people there are these creatures there um and they're they're done up kind of oddly for the episode because they have like those like theater face masks the like smiley face and the frowny face yeah yeah so that's a little strange but like for a long time in Star Wars, there has been a group of people called the Ancient Order of the Wills, okay, which were, depending on how you read the story, either the galaxy's first Force users, or like the creep, the people that's like seeded the galaxy with life, depending on how you look at it, and it's probably some kind of combination of the two things. Yoda goes to this planet and learns from these ghosts, for lack of a better term and they manifest themselves along a spectrum of emotion happiness anger sadness frustration joy that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and they put him through a series of trials to try and put him more in tune with himself so that he's able to speak on a level using the force with someone who's already joined the force sure so Jedi don't believe in this. Jedi don't believe that you retain your consciousness after you die. They believe that like your spirit or your soul or whatever it is that makes you you like in a unique person, yeah, simply joins Just the force. Goes back to the like force pool. A raindrop falling in a lake, right? Yeah. At what point can you determine what that raindrop was before it hit the lake? Right. That's what the Jedi believe. And so here, Yoda is he's been alive for almost a century, like a thousand years, right? And here's this group of people telling him, hey, that doesn't, that's not the way it actually works. Yeah. So you got to, you know, like, here's, if you knew something for 900 years to be a certainty and then something like death, right? Like what happens to you after you die? Right. And then someone was like, oh, bro, not the way that it works. Here, I'll teach you how it actually works. Would you be like, oh, cool, I'm up for it? Or would you be like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure I got it out. Because I, sure. I know the way that most sure. people would sure. answer my question, right? Yeah. So anyways, Yoda goes on this quest. He completes these challenges and gains a, a greater understanding of basically of like who he is himself. And because of that, and being able to know like himself better, he's able to reach a kind of a state where he's open to the possibility that these the, like Qui-Gon or other people can retain their consciousness after they have passed on and joined the living force. Mm -hmm. So he's able then to talk to Qui-Gon, who furthers his instruction. And then at the end of the prequel trilogy, Yoda teaches the same thing to Obi-Wan so that Obi can talk to Qui-Gon while he's in looking over Luke on Tatooine for like 20 years. Sure. So I don't remember what your question was. Well, it started with uh, Dark Force being genetic. Right. So, so the midichlorians come from that place and I would surmise either instituted by or created by this, the wills, this group of beings that we'll never really understand. They may also just be a part of what it means to be alive. Okay. And they just need to exist in other things that are alive, but they are their own individual separate entity. But I mean, like at some point, I mean, if they're in everything, I mean, like, are they even really there? Are, I mean, aren't they just a part of what it is to be alive anyways? So anyways, the midichlorians, you can test to see how much, how many midichlorians you have, quote unquote, in your blood. Because Qui-Gon took a blood sample from like an AIDS test. Kind of. That's a terrible, (laughs) terrible thing that you just said. But like, yes. So, Qui Gon tests Anakin's blood in the Phantom Menace. And yes. so, like, he sends it off to Obi Wan. Obi Wan, he's got a, Obi Wan says over 20,000. Master Yoda doesn't even have a midi-chlorian count that high, right? So, what we're, what they're trying to do is to give the viewer an idea of just how powerful sure. Anakin Skywalker is in the Force. And people hated it. Yeah. Hated it. Because now there's a numerical thing for what was basically an esoteric. We we quantified
0: something that people didn't want quantified.
1: So, you know, as Abraham begot Isaac or vice versa or whatever, like Anakin begots Luke and Leia, right? And so in the Legends comic, like Luke has a son named Ben, uh, Ben Skywalker. And then Leia and Han have three kids. They have twins, Jason and Jaina Solo, and they have a third child named Anakin Solo.
0: Hmm.
1: And Anakin dies heroically at like 16, saving the galaxy from this huge threat that we won't get into. a boy. Jason gets kidnapped and tortured for years by this threat. And comes back after the threat's defeated and like goes on like a journey to find himself and then eventually falls to the dark side sure. and then Jaina, his sister kills him Jesus. and none of that counts anymore and it was it was like 35 books worth of stuff it was awesome wow it was great i we don't we
0: that. don't have the attention span for that anymore no 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 of course not but no, i don't this, have to read it right great. in the
1: new canon you should totally <laughs> shake it's super good but like in the new canon They took kind of all of those characters and turned them into Ben Solo. Oh, interesting. So, like, Kylo Ren is really kind of... I see versions of all of the Skywalker kids Mm -hmm. in him. Mostly Jason, who falls to the dark side. But, like... that's the reason why snoke who's nothing more than a failed clone of sidious anyways was so interested in kylo ren was that you hear like you're the you're the grandson of darth vader like with the skywalkers there is a direct correlation with how powerful they are in the force with their lineage now there are other races out in the galaxy that are like more attuned to, to the force than others yeah And like, we do see a little bit of that as well. And I, there may be a genetic component to how many midichlorians you have. So it would make sense, right? Like if you had a high midichlorian count and you married a girl who had a high midichlorian count and you had a kid, it would stand to reason that that kid had a high midichlorian count.
0: Okay. So midichlorians are your gateway to accessing the force. Correct. The big, so like think of it like
1: bandwidth, right? Like
0: Right. But that doesn't that still doesn't explain unless there are two different types of midichlorians why you would be more apt to
1: the dark side than the light side. So I don't think that there is. I mean like I don't think that there's a good way to answer that question like Okay. I think Anakin Skywalker fell to the dark side because he basically never had a chance. Right. And
0: so which I'm sure we'll have a whole episode oh, or two on that. It's
1: the debate to have about Star Wars, in my opinion. Like, it was Anakin Skywalker destined to be a bad guy. He was,
0: but like, um, spoiler alert. Yeah, now you sure. don't have to listen to the next episode or many or of the other, other whatever it is. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> but um, I think that if you were brought up as a force user in a culture that epitomized using the dark side of the force, you do that. Yeah. You know, so, or do you think if you grew up with a harder childhood, like Anakin certainly had one of those, right? So did Ray. So did Ray.
0: Right. So like, is there, is there like a, a classist undertone here where it's just sort of like those that grew up, With loving parents. I mean, not really loving because they're going to send them away. But like, if you grew up, right? Like the kids, they get sent away when they're six, seven. No, way younger. Like, oh, Christ. Infant. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So if all you know is this serene sort of monastery.
1: Exactly.
0: Of structure and balance right then you're more apt to be subdued by the uh, uh by the light side correct by the jedi order we'll say correct. i'm not I'm not light side
1: because Th- that's 100 percent accurate that is exactly how, as i see it
0: but then <clears throat> the dark side preys on on uh, people that are have more emotion or, or are more apt
1: to listen to those emotions, right? Yes. So Luke Luke asks Yoda and so episode five has the most Yoda content about just yeah. anything in the world. Is yeah, yeah. my go-to source for like this stuff. So but in, in episode five, they're jumping around in the swamp and Luke asks Yoda, is the dark side stronger? And Yoda says, no, no. He's very quick to say, not stronger. But he does clarify the position. And he says, quicker, more seductive. Sure. And that's what you see. That's what you see a lot in the stories, is that the dark side is a pathway to a quick, easy, dirty victory. It's, you know, if it was like, I'm going to run a marathon, but two miles in, I'm going to take a cab to the other side of the the race and shave nine hours off my running time. Sure. You know, and then I finish at like, you know, seventh, you know, in the marathon, people are going to think I did a really good job when all I really did was take a quick and easy shortcut to getting what I wanted. And that's what the dark side of the force is. That's what it offers. And so once you, once you compromise with yourself, and say, I'm going to use this just this one time to get this really noble thing done. It's easier every successive time for less and less good reasons to do it. Sure. So, oh, I'm, g- I'm just going to use the dark side because I need to kill that bad guy because he's going to kill those children. Okay, so I zap him with force slicing or I push him off the ledge or whatever. I don't know. Snap his neck with force. Can Something do like that. that. Yeah, you can. You can do almost anything with the force. So then the next time that you're in a situation, it's like, that guy might be jaywalking. I'm just going to break his knee. He should know that that's wrong. And I have the force and now I can do that. And so like you just, it's a, it's a, basically it's a slippery slope. Like once you, start down and yoda says this to luke like once you start down the path of the dark side forever will it dominate your destiny and like what he means is you're going to compromise with yourself to keep using this thing that you think is making you successful that's interesting because that is an absolute it is but drew right only sith sith deal in the absolutes who said that Obi-Wan Kenobi said it okay. to Anakin Skywalker okay. right before they fought. Okay. So <clears throat> every worldview has something that disproves the notion, right? Sure. Like I think what Obi, so like I'm going to be the ultimate like Jedi apologist in this in this podcast. Uh-huh. So, like, what I think Obi-Wan was saying to Anakin there was that you're no longer seeing the world as it is. You're only seeing it in a way that you wanna force it to make sense to you. right? And that's the absolute is that you don't see a world where freedom allows people to like choose things that you would disagree with. You're going to use your abilities and your power, whether that's political or in the force or just physical, to make them do what you want them to do so that the world makes sense as you see it. And that's Anakin's problem throughout the whole thing. It's like, he's never been in a position where things made sense to him. Why did his mom die? Why was he a slave? Why won't the Jedi let him do what he wants to do? Why can't he be with Padme, who he loves? You know, all of these things, he sees as things that have been denied him by the world around him. And so unfortunately, he has like just like any pro athlete, you've got a bunch of people being like, Bro, you are so good at this. You are so good at this. Yeah. But eventually you're just like, if I'm so good at this, why am I not telling other everyone else what to do? Sure. And eventually, whether you're a really good pro athlete or you're the chosen one who's meant to bring balance to the force, you have a conversation with yourself where it's like, I should be doing this. And that's the difference. Like whether or not you're a good guy or a bad guy right like and that's why
0: they didn't want to take him because so they they got him to him too late to indoctrinate all yes. of their views all of their biased views about their religion into correct. this tiny unknowing child
1: that is a very unfortunate way to phrase all that but that's 100 <laughs> correct
0: <laughs>